Welcome to the Diversity and Fellowship Podcast, where we discuss how the gospel brings us together and keeps us together. We are your hosts, Kenny King. And I'm William Marshall, and we want to encourage Christians to think through how our lives and our churches can be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of Diversity and Fellowship. Pastor Kenny with you on the ones and twos with uh, <laughs> Pastor <What>? William. <laughs> On the ones and twos. On the ones and twos, man. Kenny, I don't even. I'm gonna have to show some ignorance here. <laughs> I don't know what that means. You remember the turntables, the man? That's the, the ones and twos, right? Okay. Turntables, right? Wow. I, I mean, I, yes. was, I listen. I did listen to some rap growing up, right? But I don't know if I ever heard that phrase. <laughs> it's the turntable thing. On the man. ones and the twos. One and the twos, man. You know, man, one I need to two. like incorporate some kind of scratching sound. That would right. be really nice. Right. 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 I'll have to work on that. Ones on the ones and the twos. Yes, All right, we're, we are. we're back we're at you. Another episode um, on in our What About series, mm-hmm. where we have been talking about the what about isms people give for why we shouldn't focus on justice and systemic issues in our nation. Mm. So our focus today will be on what about personal responsibility? What yes. about personal responsibility? Right. So, brother, how does this argument usually materialize? Well, it it, it seems, you know, it often comes from the majority uh, culture. And and the idea is that we shouldn't really focus much or or really at all on systemic issues because the main issues uh, or issue lies with the individuals. Yes. Or with the individual family, right? Right. In other words, if if people would just work harder, then mm-hmm. they wouldn't have the problems they're having. Or if, uh, particularly, you know, with uh, black families, if fathers would just stay in homes, yes, then there wouldn't be all these problems. Um, or you know, a big one, right? Don't don't commit crimes, and, yes. and you won't get in trouble. You don't have to worry about the system, right? Uh, don't don't uh, resist arrest, and you won't get shot. Yes, I mean it's it's this kind of or you know another one get get better educated, you know. All these kind of, the issue is not the government or the issue is not laws. The issue is not in any way systemic. The issue is, indi- you know, poor choices, poor individual choices. Yes. And so, therefore, the solution is just make better choices and everything will be fine. Right. Right. So, this is, we've talked about a lot, <laughs> we've had a lot of whataboutisms that we've kind of struggled to find some merits but we do think that there are some merits to this one. Right. Right. So what would right. you say are some of the merits to this particular argument? I would think, you know, first of all, you know, as Christians, we, we think about our faith. Our faith has a, a individual component to it. That's right. You are you're only saved through your you yourself turning from your sins and trusting in Jesus. That's right. Like nobody else can do that for you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no excuses, <laughs> you know, yeah, when right. you stand before Jesus mm-hmm. about um, the system. You know, mm-hmm. you you yourself have to turn from your sins and trust in Jesus. So there's right. a, an individual component to our salvation. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else would you say, brother? Well, I mean, just the general principle of you know people should work hard and yes. strive to do their best. Like that's, I mean, that's something that we definitely want to encourage, right? Um, we we want people to love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength to to strive to to be good servants. You know, I mean, all those things are good, positive things. If um, and and 
you know, we, we understand that if you're not doing those things, there'll be consequences, you know? And so I, I think, uh, just that general idea of you know wanting to encourage individuals to work hard is, is right. Uh, we we would view it if somebody said, "Well, there's so many systemic problems, so I'm just not gonna I'm not gonna get a job." You know, we would view that as problematic. Right, <laughs> right. right. I mean, we'd say, "No, it's not a reason to not get a job." You know, and so so I think yeah, there there is the merit of you know you should work hard, you should strive to do the best you can. What else would you add? Yeah, I would say that there's a basic component of reaping what you sow right there there is a an idea that if you commit crimes there's consequences to right to committing crimes there Mm -hmm. should be some consequences to Mm -hmm. that um you do well um there should be something good that comes from that there is a again we talked about this in last episode about reaping what you sow is that that's that's a principle Mm. um you do bad bad things happen you do good um better chance for good things to happen so right. we just we need to keep that you know as an understanding that mm. yes you you do have some control yeah uh, right you do have yeah. some control in the choices that mm. you make of how things go yeah in your life yeah what else would you say brother well i mean you could i mean i, I think you could add i mean we talked about kind of the you know fathers not being in their homes or whatever i mean there there is a correlation between you know, fathers being in the home and many of society's problems. Yeah. I mean, and I, I you know, you've kind of helped me see that, I think, when you've talked about um, just just the problems that have faced the minority minority groups over the last mm, 50, 100 years, you know, 50 yeah. to 100 years in our country. I mean, it's, it's a lot of them do stem from, I mean, have, have at least resulted in this idea that the family unit is broken. Yeah, we don't like to we don't like to talk about that because I mean, in the in the black neighbor in black community, a lot of people are being raised by single mothers. So we don't like right. to mm. we don't like to talk about that because I think my mom did a great job yeah. for the times that she was a single mother. Right. Um, but there is something different about a father being in a home, mm. and evidence is just the evidence is clear about that. Right. So the you look at the number of people in prison, mm-hmm. there is a much greater percentage. I mean, it's not even, right. <laughs> it's not even close, right. much greater percentage if you're going to prison, if you don't have a father in your home mm. or that uh, the daughter's going to have an abortion if right. the father's not in the home or mm. just the education levels is, are going to drop. Mm. How well you do in school is going to change based on having a father in your home. And this is by right. God's, I mean, this is part of God's design about, a, mm. a, you know, a father and a mother raising, raising kids. And right. so the, the attack on the family um, mm. and, and fathers have a personal individual responsibility right. to say that I don't want this for my kids. Mm. I'm going to mm-hmm. strive to be in the home and be in their lives so that they don't um, right. have a greater chance of having these negative consequences right. in, in society. So um, there's a really just a direct correlation, mm-hmm. and, you know, no matter how much we want to, and we should, we should, you know, uplift single mothers and mothers and Absolutely, they yeah. do a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the truth of the matter is, is that kids need their fathers mm-hmm. in their homes. Right. And so we should, we should strive to make sure that, that that's the case. Right. So, I mean, those are, you know, I mean, those are some of the merits, right? I mean, yeah. those are some of the good things. But what, 
Kenny, what would you say are some of the problems with this particular argument? Yeah, so it, it focuses solely on individual responsibility. And we would say it's right to focus on individual responsibility, but it should be both and and not either or. So we should focus on the systemic issues as well as the right. individual um, responsibility, the individual efforts, because the, the truth of the matter is the systemic issues, they affect the individual efforts that people make to try to improve. So mm -hmm. I, I know there are people who say, well, I'm just not going to, to keep trying to apply for a job if I know that, right? you know, they're going to give the job to their kids or they're going to give the job to mm -hmm. It's going to be basically a good old club, good old boys club. Right. And I don't have an opportunity to get hired because they're mm -hmm. discriminating against me because I'm black. Right. That can be extremely deflating. Yeah. And so we need to do something about the system so that people uh, could feel like they actually have a chance to yeah. actually get the jobs or whatever, um, whatever they're applying for, whatever they're trying to strive for. Mm. Uh, we're, you're minimizing how what effect that has on people to to constantly be discriminated against, to constantly um, be rejected because of their race. That deflates people. They're not going to want to continue to go after stuff if they feel like right. they're just running into a brick wall all all of the time. Yeah. And so we have to focus on the systemic issues because those systemic issues affect people's individual efforts. And I, I mean. I think that's a really an important point. Yeah. And I, I think it's an important point for the majority to understand the minority and the minority to understand the majority, because I, I mean, I, I think there is a sense in which, and this is going to be a way big overgeneralization, but um, just in general, it seems as if the majority culture trusts the systems. Yes. Not completely. Right. Cause I know right. a lot of white folks who don't like cops and don't like, mm -hmm. right. I mean, I get, you know, there's, but but there is a sense in which it, the majority of white people are, hey, you know, back the blue. You know, we should support we should support the justice system. The justice system is fair in our country. You know, or the justice. I mean, all these different things that we've talked about. The just our justice system is way better than any other country. You, you know, there's there's kind of all you know, we think we should generally. Again, I'm being general here. Yeah. But we should generally kind of trust the system, and that makes sense because historically. The systems were built to favor us. Yes. Right? So, but then but then the opposite is true, right? Minorities kind of, again, not that there are not minorities who are back in the blue and not that there are minorities who right. are, because there are, but just in general, it seems as if minority cultures are, are going to say the systems are broken. Right. The systems are badly in need of repair, you know? Um, because historically speaking, uh, and we would say even today, right? But but the systems have been against us. Yes, the systems have not favored us, and so so here's what's interesting about that. And along this point, is that if people don't, if individuals don't trust the system, they're probably not going to make good decisions. Right. Personal decisions. Yes. You see what I'm so the connection is if I don't trust the system, I'm I'm probably not gonna keep the laws, you know? No. Or I mean I'm gonna actually be discouraged from making good decisions. Right. And I I don't think that we always see that. I mean, I think that's the problem. When you don't see it as a both and when you try to 
when you try to pit these two against each other, then you're going to have a real, um, I think it's going to be difficult to see the ongoing issues here. Yeah. So, anyway, that was kind of an aside, but what, what uh, else? No, that's good. What else? What other problems would you see kind of with uh, this argument? Yeah. You know, directly to the one about, you know, the family yes. issues, mm-hmm. you know, the responsibility of the father to be in the home and, and, um, just really raise their kids. Right. There is a systemic element to the reason why fathers aren't in the home. When you think about the war on drugs mm-hmm. and the unfair sentencing that came with a lot of those things mm. and just mass incarceration in general, there there's a there's a individual responsibility component to that. Like you, you shouldn't sell drugs, you shouldn't absolutely you shouldn't right. do those things, mm-hmm. right? But there's also a systemic part to that, to where, again, like crack cocaine is mm-hmm. worse in the law than powder right. cocaine. Right. The sentencing is harsher. Right. Mm-hmm. Because one community has mm-hmm. uses crack cocaine more than powder cocaine. Right. Right. The majority was, was more <laughs> um, bent towards powder cocaine. <laughs> and the black community is more bent towards crack cocaine. And so the right. sentencing was crazy. And so you got rid of a lot of black men in the homes through mm-hmm. through that. Right. Like we're going to really crack down on this in the black community, not necessarily in the majority community. Mm-hmm. And so when, when you do that, you, you have to realize you're going to have a there's going to be a direct correlation between mm-hmm. um, how people end up, yep. how, how how capable they are to to make mm. the right decisions and to be responsible individually. Mm-hmm. And um, what we're talking, I mean, the, the issues that we face in the world, that's a direct correlation to that stuff. And so yeah. not saying that it's all systemic racism because, again, people have to make better decisions, that's but right. that, that does play a part into it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you got, I'm just going to create a scenario here. I mean, you got two guys, I'll probably say something that I have to apologize for, but I mean, you got two guys who are 18, 19, 20, right? They get a girl pregnant and, you know, they've got to make a decision. One of them's a white guy. One of them's a black guy. They got to make a decision about whether or not they're going to stay in the home. Right. You know, I mean, we would say both of those, they, they both, they just, it's an individual decision. Yes. Right. White guys might make a decision. Black guys got to make a decision. Right. But what we don't take, what we don't always take into consideration is all the other factors. Yes. Those brothers are not starting at the same they point. They are not. They're just not. Mm-hmm. And um, and you may say, well, it doesn't matter. None of that matters. And it's like, I, it does. It does matter. Yes. You know, it does make it more difficult. And um, and even if if you want to try to make the argument, well, it doesn't matter. Or they still got to make individual responsibility. The question for us has to be, how can we how can we help both groups? Right? How can we help? the 18-year-old white guy make a right decision and and do what is is right and then how can we help our 18-year-old uh, black brother do the same thing right i mean there's there's got to be um and i think what we do when we try to say it's all individual and avoid the systemic we're we're basically just setting one up for even more and more and more failure right you know yeah and um again i just think that's that's we've got to come to terms with that i mean we've got to come to grips with the importance of both and yeah. Um, so when we, when we say, you know, another issue is that it's when we say that Christianity is an, an individual 
religion, our salvation is individual. That's true, but it's also short-sighted mm-hmm. because we see in the Bible where the gospel can bring systemic changes also. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the example, you know, that I, that I love to read is um, in Acts 19, Paul and in, in Ephesus, Mm-hmm. where they transformed the entire e- economy right. of Ephesus through the sharing yeah. of the gospel mm-hmm. to where they end up, you know, getting in trouble because now people can't sell their idols. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we see that through the church, right? The church, you know, through the spread of the gospel, they established the education system. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the universities in our nation mm-hmm. had Christian backgrounds, right. hospitals mm-hmm. were the same way. It's right. that through the spread of the gospel, because of their faith, they created systems that um, were helpful to people. And so to, to say that it's only individualistic, I would say is just uh, right. a bit short-sighted. Right, yeah. yeah. The gospel is, is much more transformative than that. Right. All right, so we've seen some good stuff, seen some bad stuff. How do we think through this issue biblically. Yes. And we've already brought some passages to bear, but what, what's some other things that you would say, Kenny, what are some other passages maybe that you would point to that can help us think through this biblically? Yeah, you know, thinking about it from a both-and perspective, Paul in Galatians 6, in the first five verses, he mm-hmm. he first says, you know, carry, carry each other's burdens. Right. He says in verse 2 to carry each other's burdens. But then in, like, verse 5, it's not like he... You know, went to another part right. of the letter or right. a different or, letter. Like, like no, nope. Just same. Like, like a verses. few sentences later, he right. says each one should carry their own load. Mm. And so Paul has this this idea that yes, the there is a community aspect to mm-hmm. you know making sure everybody's all right. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, you have some personal responsibility right. in making sure you are right. Mm-hmm. And so we can't divorce one from the other. Right. What other passages, brother, would you say? Well, I mean, you see that, you know, the personal responsibility. I mean, Paul talks about in the Second Thessalonians 3, verse 10, where he talks about, you know, if anybody doesn't work, he doesn't eat. Right. You know, so this kind of personal, you know, there's this personal um, responsibility of, you know, making sure that um, you you are doing what is right yes. so that you would reap the right consequence, right? Right. And... um. But again, I mean, the idea that is laid upon the community. Yes. The community is supposed to kind of keep that and work that out because the hope is not, hey, let's starve people. No. The hope is, as a community, let's bring these consequences to bear on individuals so that individuals will go, you know what? I need to be a person who works. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's a community project, but it but it involves individual choices. You right. Know? And uh, again, it's it's more both and than I think we realize sometimes. Yes. So, any other passages that you would say? Yeah, you mentioned reaping what you sow. We right. talked about it last mm-hmm. week too. But Galatians six seven talks about reaping what you sow. And right. so, you know, again, you reap good, you sow good, you reap good. Right. Sow bad, reap bad. Yeah. That, I mean, that's just a natural principle that the Lord has put in place. And right. So. Yeah. You know, that's a way to think about it as well. Mm. Um. There's also this just community aspect that God has given for caring for the downcast. Yeah, I think that's important. You mm-hmm. know, it's a, you, you see it a lot in the Old Testament right. where, where God calls Israel to care for the widows, the orphans, the mm-hmm. 
um, immigrants, you know, right. anybody who is is downcast. But it's also it, it carries over into yep. the New Testament as well. I mean, James talks about religion that God mm-hmm. finds as pure, pure and faultless is to look after orphans and widows in their distress. And there was a right. a process for doing that even in like there was some personal responsibility that Paul yeah, in, put in place mm-hmm. and. In Timothy, one of his letters to Timothy, he talks right. about um, widows, mm-hmm. um, how to take care of widows. Like the the individual family was supposed to take care of the widow right. if they could, you know. But it was only certain widows that were supposed to be taken care of by the community. Right. And so it was a both and. Like yep. we expect there to be some individual responsibility, but we also expect as the community to to have systems in place to make sure yeah. they're also being cared for. Yeah. Yeah, I think that. I mean, I, I think again, it's it's one of those where if if you want to just try to pick a passage and try to argue for your point, you can try to do that, right? And people do that a lot. But it it it's we need to try to step back and say, what does the Bible Bible say? Right. right. What do the passages say? <laughs> you know, like it's, it is funny how we do that, right? And how do we hold these passages together? Because even the, the, the Galatians 6 is a good example. Mm-hmm. You can't pit verse 2 versus against verse right. 5, right? I mean, you've yeah. got to figure out how can how can Paul say both of these? In the same paragraph. In the same, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know? in the same breath, basically. And, how, and, and the reason why he can is because it's a it's, these are both and issues. There are community aspects, community responsibilities, as well as individual aspects and individual responsibilities. Right. It, it yeah, should pe- be. People are, yeah, we're, it, it's funny, like, people will say when a well, guy doesn't give out handouts, it's like, well, right. Jesus fed the multitude. Right. Uh, right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like they, Jesus, like they didn't have to do anything. He just he fed them. feeds 5,000, right? Right. What's, that, right. What, what's yeah. this? There are times when he just There's feeds them. He just feeds them, right? right? Mm-hmm. Like we can't just try to put, we try to put it in a box because in too many, cha- too many, too many cases, we are trying to interpret the Bible based upon our political bent yeah. versus yeah. vice versa. Yeah. We're, we're bringing an idea into the Bible. You know, we, we want, we have an idea that we want to support by the Bible. Right. And so instead of actually bringing our ideas out of the Bible, we're bringing, we're just looking for support. We're looking for, and uh, man, you can, you can take a lot of passages out of context. Right. To find support for some pretty terrible ideas. So, um, and, and really this one, it's not that it's a terrible idea. It's just not seeing the whole of it. Yes. And I think that's that's a that's an error we make as well. We bring right. out something, you know, the reap what you sow. Yeah. That's a biblical idea. Right. But but the idea that you reap what you sow means all it, it everything's personal. It's all personal. There's no, no. community. It, right. That flies in the face of so much so many other passages. It does. Cuz you sometimes you will do good and bad things will happen because yeah, of the system right. in mm-hmm. place, right? That's right. Like yeah. Christians did good all the time in in the mm-hmm. Roman Empire, but yep. the system was set up to where punished. they hate them. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, good stuff, good stuff. All right, well I hope that helped. We'll, we'll close today with a uh crazy question about yes. the NFL draft. 
Uh, my family has been watching the NL dra- NFL draft. Not your family. Glenna has well, okay, not been watching. Okay, that's not true. That's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. Ian's not all that interested He is either. not interested, no. So what I mean by my family is mostly Isaiah and some of me, right? We we are Kansas City Chiefs I think fans. Ian would want to watch the suits, right? He, he, might, uh, he might be into, yeah. into styling. And, yeah. uh, and Maybe, a bit. Right. right? Isaiah likes watching what they wear, he, he too. Likes, he likes the outfits, too. Yeah, it was, yeah. we were watching uh, Friday night, or... No, what would that have been? Uh, Thursday. Thursday night we were yes. watching. And, um, you know, Isaiah, there was once some guy who came up and he was like, man, dad, I want to I want to get us something like that for the for the next dance. Nice. I was like, OK, all right. And I'm thinking that, that probably costs like three thousand yeah, dollars. Easy. <laughs> easy. Flower print. Do they sell that Shiny. at Target? No, right? Can no, you get don't. that at Target? Uh, so anyway, um, but yeah, so Isaiah and I have been watching the NFL draft <laughs> and, um, you know, following who the chiefs are going to select and what, what, what vols are selected. Those are our big things. So, so here's an, here's a, we're going to, we figured we'd do a draft question. Yes. But, but not really a sports question. Cause we got people out there who don't care anything about sports and that's fine. So we're going to do an NFL, we're going to do a draft question about pastors. Yes. So, Kenny, who would you draft number one overall? You got the number one pick in the yes. pastoral draft selection of 2023. So, it has to be somebody living. Right. Because you can't really draft somebody in that's dead. Who would you draft into your pastoral uh, position? Yes. In the 2023 pastoral draft. With the first overall pick. Yes. In the 2023 pastoral <laughs> draft, <laughs> Kitty King selects. Yes. John Piper. Johnny Piper. Yes. Okay. John Piper. Because. I think a lot of people would go that route. Yes. Yeah. He seems, he seems the consensus, you know, he's a consensus All-American. Right. Right. Nobody's uh, surprised by my pick. There's nobody. No shock. That's There's right. No, they knew. They was, knew he was probably, he had a potential to go right. number one. Yes. Um, because John Piper, he really brings out the, um, our love that we should have for God and yes. you know, his glory. And um, yeah. I don't think anybody does that better. Right. And how our affection should be. For the Lord, you know what I think is interesting about Piper. I don't just note this. Yeah, most of us know Piper because of like conference sermons. Yes, you know you listen to him at T four G or whatever. If you really want to hear some some just encouraging stuff, listen to Piper's. Oh yeah, messages at Bethlehem. Oh yes, as a pastor. Yes, I it, it almost sometimes it feels like a not a different Piper, but it's just a different approach, right? He's mm-hmm. a different audience. Yes, and it's far less like academic or less whatever. And he's just, man, just walking through the text, you know, week after week. And man. Uh, just good. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Yes. So that's a good that's a good selection. So who are you so, taking? So I'm going to go with somebody less famous and somebody more local because we talked about local. So a, a Missouri pastor. Yes. I'm going to select uh, for the 20, I'm going to try to do the thing right. Yeah. For the 2023 pastoral selection draft, William Marshall selects number one overall Pastor John Nelson. Yes. Yes. I think Pastor John does a great job. He's he's a local NBC pastor in Missouri Baptist Convention. He was the president, you know. And yes. I just think he does a good job fighting for diversity. I mean, I think that's you know part of what he does, but just a good job of loving on his community and loving on encouraging other pastors. And uh so and I'm just thankful thankful for him and thankful for the relationship that uh we have. So we interviewed uh, 
Pastor, we interviewed. Yeah, we did. Pastor That's right. John That's right. I think it was season two. Mm-hmm. Might have been season two. Yep. Yeah. Good interview. So check that out. Yes. Interesting yeah. discussion. Right. Just a good, good brother. Yes. So. All right. Well, there's our uh, there's our draft selections. If you want to uh, drop, you know, shoot us an email or uh, drop us a line uh, on our Twitter page. We have a Twitter page. We do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we have very many followers. But there if you want to, if you want to, you know, tell us who would be your number one overall 2023 selection for your your for a pastor. Uh, that'd be interesting to hear. And hopefully, here's our hope, right? Let's be serious here for a second. Our hope is that it would be your current pastor. Yes. Right? Because yes. we love the local church and we support our pastors. And so we want to do that. That would be our Amen. hope. Amen. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for listening this week, guys. We hope that that's been helpful. And uh, we'll catch up with you next week. God bless you. Thanks so much for listening to the Diversity and Fellowship Podcast. If you want to join the discussion, please send us your questions and your comments to diversityandfellowship at gmail.com. That's diversityandfellowship at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, keep laboring by God's grace to be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ.